The Department for Work and Pensions revealed in 2018 that pension schemes will be required to publish more detailed statements of investment principles from October this year. These will address financially material environmental, social and governance risks, such as climate change. Schemes will also have to report on their stewardship policy. And for defined contribution schemes, regulations coming into force in 2020 will require them to publish a further implementation report on the way they put their SIPs into action. So how should trustees be preparing for these changes? Is there still a danger of conflating ethical considerations with ESG factors? And how should your scheme respond to any member and pressure group queries? I'm Sophia Imson, Deputy Editor at Pensions Expert, and with me to discuss ESG today is Stuart O'Brien, partner at law firm Sackers. Hi Stuart. So firstly, how have pension scheme attitudes to ESG investing evolved over the last few years? Well, I think some schemes uh, have taken the the issue of responsible investment and ESG quite seriously for a while now, although I think it's fair to say that's largely correlated with size. So many large schemes already have uh, RI policies and have had for a few years. I think what we're starting to see now is much more widespread engagement from trustee boards uh, and a trickle down to, to many of the smaller schemes. I wouldn't say it's quite become mainstream yet, though, for many schemes, trustees are just starting to get to grips with the topic. As legal advisors, we're being asked to deliver a lot of training at the moment to trustees just starting out um, and trying to understand what their legal obligations are and how they should be thinking about uh, ESG and climate change issues. I think we're also starting to see trustee boards generally becoming more receptive to the topic than perhaps they were a few years ago. We have certainly have lots of clients that had we raised the topic of ESG and climate change maybe two, three years ago, we would have been met with uh, some scepticism. Mm. But I think there is now a wide acceptance from most trustee boards that this is something they need to, uh, to understand and to develop their own policies on. And what would you say are the key ESG-related developments for pension funds this year and in 2020, and, and why are they important? As you said, the, the main changes uh, that's, that certainly grabbed the headlines and caught most trustees' attention is the changes to the investment regulations. Following a very well-publicised consultation by the DWP over the summer last year, we've now got updated uh, legislation which requires all pension trustees to update their statements of investment principles, their their SIPs, uh, by October 2019. Uh, And those updates to SIPs, as you said before, will have to have uh, a policy on, will have to include a policy on the extent to which trustees take what are termed financially material factors into account. The way financially material factors are defined in the regulations, that specifically includes ESG factors and climate change issues. So what this means in broad terms is that trustees are going to, one way or another, have a have to have a policy in their SIPs on ESG and climate change issues. Now, the regs go further and require trustees to also bolster their policies on Uh, engagement activities so it's not just about voting your shares now trustees need to think about a wider policy of stewardship and engagement um, across all uh, asset classes and asset types and there are further requirements for DC schemes so not only will trustees have to uh, have a policy set out in their SIP they'll have to review that annually and report on it to members Uh, and those changes come into effect from October 2020. So DC schemes will have to have the same policy but the reporting obligation uh, follows from next year. I think what's perhaps been less well publicised than the changes to the investment regs though but nonetheless uh, a key legislative change 
was the uh, the Occupational Pension Schemes Governance Amendment regulations, uh, which came into force uh, only very recently uh, on the 13th of January uh, 2019. Now, those regulations are essentially the DWP's IORP2 fudge. Uh, what they require is that the pensions regulator updates its code of practice on internal controls uh, to include references specifically to climate change uh, and other risk issues. So although the regulator has yet to, uh, to to update those documents, I think as soon as that happens, we will see trustees look at this issue not just being about a policy in a SIP, but being a much broader issue of a risk um, assessment and risk evaluation uh, across the board for the scheme and sort of embedded into trustee governance. So how should trustees be preparing then for these various ESG-related changes? Well, as I say, that the primary thing is that trustees will have to update their SIPs by October and will have to have a policy. Uh, but I caution quite strongly against any trustee board that thinks they can wait until September and just put some new stock wording in the SIP. I think trustees need to start with what they've got, understand how their existing managers uh, take ESG factors and climate change risk into account uh, and how they uh, how their existing managers undertake stewardship activities on behalf of the trustee board um, and look at the extent to which those things are in fact possible within the mandates that managers have already been set and are operating under. From there, I think trustees then need to think about their own investment aims and beliefs and their own risk tolerances appropriate to their scheme and appropriate to their circumstances. Now, this requires getting up to speed with ESG as a topic and climate change as a financial risk. Only once trustees have done that can they set out their policy and implement it. So, as I say, it's not just putting some stock wording in a new policy. I think trustees do need to spend time thinking about it. And I think that's the most important preparatory step that trustees can take right now is to allow time and allow space in trustee board meetings or investment committee meetings uh, to consider the issue, to take advice uh, and to develop a policy that's appropriate for their scheme. To be really clear, though, this is this is not about trustees making snap uh, decisions to exclude or disinvest from a particular sector or, um, or, or industry based on ethical or moral uh, issues. This is about trustees understanding, fully understanding financial risk issues um, and how they affect their particular scheme. So do you think many trustees are still conflating ethical considerations with ESG factors and if so how can this be addressed? I think this is getting better. Uh, this has always been uh, something of a, a difficult issue uh, for, for trustee boards and others to uh, to get their heads around and, and I don't think it's helped with a topic that's uh, that's quite jargon heavy and we know pensions is a very, uh, very yeah. jargon intensive uh, field but uh, ESG particularly um, is full of acronyms and jargon. You know, you've got ESG, responsible investment, socially responsible investment, impact investment, sustainable uh, investment. So it's not difficult to see why uh, issues can be conflated or confused. I think the most important thing that trustees can do is look at the substance of the decisions they're making and be really clear about the purpose for which they're um, exercising their investment powers. So, as I say, if trustees feel that they are making a decision or on a course of action uh, for a moral or ethical or political purpose, then that that's uh, that's 
something they need to be very careful about. Um, it is much better and indeed much more likely to be in line with their legal duties for trustees to be thinking about this purely as an issue around uh, ensuring that they are making investment decisions for the proper purpose of providing pensions and taking ESG and climate change factors into account uh, to the extent they are financially material in relation to delivering those pensions promises. The DWP scrapped plans to require trustees to outline how they've taken members' ethical views into account in their investment strategies. However, what should schemes do when it comes to responding to member and pressure group queries? Yeah, this is a tricky one. I think... um, I think the DWP was right uh, to respond to the consultation in the way it did and to provide the the final regulations in the form they did without the requirement for trustees to produce a member views statement. Uh, And I think it was right for the DWP to have done that so that trustees could carry out their primary duty of focusing on financial uh, issues and risks uh, connected to ESG and climate change. Uh, But it's important to distinguish between acting on member wishes from ethical or moral points of view and being accountable uh, to members uh, for trustee decisions. I think although trustees shouldn't be acting on uh, member ethical views by and large, they are absolutely accountable for their decisions and they are accountable for the extent to which they've taken ESG factors or climate change factors into account. I think trustees also need to be clear on the distinction between defined benefit and defined contribution schemes as well uh, when looking at how they uh, respond to members. Members expressing views on how a DB scheme is invested might inform the trustees as to issues they should Uh, think about from a financial risk point of view but ultimately it's a defined benefit so the member's still going to receive the same benefit uh, in the end and it will be the sponsor the scheme sponsor that's underwriting the risk so how trustees think about member views in a db scheme will be quite different to dc and i think there is much more scope for trustees to listen to members in dc schemes at the very least so that they're providing a suitable and appropriate range of funds for members to choose from if they don't wish to um, choose the default fund. And for trustees designing a default fund, making sure that that takes appropriate account of ESG and climate change risks and that that's clearly communicated and transparently communicated to members so that members understand how their DC default monies are being invested and if they wish to choose something else, they can do so. On the subject of accountability, well, probably my guess is that As this topic develops, we will see more trustees looking at TCFD reporting. At the moment, that is entirely voluntary and there is no no legal requirement for trustee boards to do TCFD reporting. But we are starting to see some trustee boards look at this as a helpful means of providing clarity and transparency to membership and indeed the wider wider world in terms of how trustee boards take account of climate change risks. Thanks Stuart. For more on ESG investing please visit pensions-expert.com A lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.